It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anto, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. hey Happy Monday to you. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, no Utah State football on Saturday, so uh, maybe you took the opportunity to, to catch other college football games. Weekend that included the NFL, high school football on Friday night. Interesting weekend uh, throughout sports really and then we're really in the final stretch of the regular season for major league baseball as well but um one of the things we're going to be focusing on this hour we'll, we'll still cover cover a lot of different topics but um recapping high school football weekend we, we've spent a lot of time in the, the last hour talking about the aggie game on thursday but uh, and the mountain west just in general but um now this hour we're going to be talking about high school football the latest rpi rankings are out for a variety of different sports and uh, the NFL weekend, kind of a weird weekend in the NFL also. So a lot of different things on the table. And always love to hear from you on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321 to weigh in. And for high school football, it was uh, you know, another interesting weekend in that um, you know, Ridgeline has moved up one. Skyview continues to climb the rankings as they're on a, a three-game winning streak. Uh, in fact, they moved two spots this last week. Uh, Mountain Crest fell one, and then everybody else kind of stayed the same. Logan, Green Canyon, and Bear River. But um, Green Ridgeline right now the number three team in, uh, in all of 4A. And then Skyview with the run that they're on coming in at number six. Mountain Crest right behind them at number seven. So those are your top three teams in the uh, in the region right now, and Ridgeline and, and Skyview tied it technically tied at three one in uh, three and one in region play, but Skyview has the tiebreaker. Yeah, and see the Skyview's win over Mountain Crest probably just about won them the region. I think Skyview's last game is against Green Canyon, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I mean, Green Canyon obviously not doing so hot right now. So, like. Yeah, beating Mountain Crest basically won them because unless they lose to Green Canyon, then they have the tiebreaker, they win. So that's why, you know, last week was kind of a, a, a pivotal pivotal week for as, as far as who was going to win the region title because if Skyview had lost to Mountain Crest, it was then Ridgeline's region to lose because they play Logan, which is, you know, a little tougher opponent than Green Canyon, but still Ridgeline's probably going to take care of business against Logan. So... You know, dep- it was depending on who won or lost the the Mountain Crest Skyview game. That was probably who's going to win win the region, and we found out. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, pretty exciting weekend though. Still, all the same. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when, speaking of the Skyview Bobcats coming up in about ten minutes from now, we'll do the call out for the Skyview Bread and Butter play of the game from their matchup on Friday night. But 
Um, you know, last week it, it featured. You know, I kind of already highlighted that uh, that that Skyview Mountain Crest game, in which Skyview just ran away with thirty-five to fourteen. Um, kind of a close game between Logan and Green Canyon up in the up on Merlin Olson Field. Logan's second game this season up there, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and they're undefeated. Logan has more wins on Merlin Olson Field than Utah State does this season. Oh. <laughs> so I should tweet that. I just, I just <laughs> barely realized that, like, as you were saying that to me. I was like, by the way, Logan has more <laughs> wins in Utah State Stadium than Utah State does, and they've played there like four times already. I think it's only three times, but, you know. Still, it, <laughs> that's it, funny. Yeah, it, it was the game. It was probably the closest game of the well, it was the closest game of the weekend, most closely contested. Um, it went back and forth a little bit in the first half, and in the second half, Logan kind of ran away a little bit. And really, the story of it was turnovers, because Gavin Christensen of Green Cane, I think, had like 148 rushing yards, but Green Cane had like four fumbles, mm. so that kind of did him in. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Um, and so Logan, uh, with, with their win, that now puts them at, uh, at number nine in the latest RPI poll. They're two and two in region play, four and four overall. Uh, and then the other game of note is that Ridgeline going on the road at Bear River and shutting out the Bears, a, a team that's not been bashful about scoring points. And that Ridgeline defense probably doesn't get enough attention. Uh, a lot of the attention has been on you know, some of the things that happened earlier in the year with some offensive players, but that defense has been pretty stout all year long. Yeah, I know. I was, I was trying to gather some you know, nominees for the, the player of the week that we do, and when I was asking the, the Ridgeline broadcasters, Dave and uh, Nick, they were just like, asking like, all right, player of the week, and like, the Ridgeline defense. <laughs> like, they got to give me a specific player. I understand because we can go for that same reason. Like, Bear River scores points and they scored zero against Ridgeline. So, and they ended up nominating a defensive player. Um, and so, yeah, that, that that is an impressive performance to to shut out Bear River. Not so much to score twenty eight points. Everyone does. <laughs> they they give up a lot of points, but they score points. That's kind of been their thing this year. Yeah, that's true. So. Uh, the way that the the region play is going to round out because this Friday is the last week of region play, and so the games this week uh, will have Green Canyon hosting Skyview. Not really a, a big rivalry there when those two teams split, not to the same degree that we saw with Ridgeline and Mountain Crest, but still there's some familiarity from on both programs. Uh, coach Yander used to be the head coach at Skyview before he went made that move to Green Canyon. Can Green can Skyview win their what fourth in a row, uh, rolling into uh, to finish out region play? Can they secure the region title? Uh, so that'll be in uh, in North Logan at Green Canyon. That'll be on uh, one or one hundred point nine Light FM. We'll be here on the fan. We'll have video streaming on Cash Valley Daily with Craig Hislop. And John Russell on the call. Uh, Ridgeline's going to be hosting Logan, and Logan can be sneaky good. And there's a there's no love lost between Coach Bart Bowen and Travis Cox. So <laughs> there will uh, it could be it has a potential to be a spicy game where Logan could could uh, you know move up and and uh, take Ridgeline one notch notch down after they've been moving up. And here's the thing: is that Logan has done poorly against spread offenses. 
you know, Bear River running that spread just lit up Logan's otherwise stout defense. Um, Mountaincrest did the same thing. Absolutely lit him up. And I, I don't know if Ridgeline runs the spread. I I can't remember if they do or not. I've not actually seen them play this year. Hmm. But so depending, those of you who know, <laughs> I unfortunately am not in the know. I didn't ask. Um, you know, if, if they're running a more traditional offense, it, they could struggle. I don't know if they'll struggle enough to let Logan win. But, you know, Skyview, the team who's looking like they're going to win the region, they lost to Logan at home. <laughs> so it's possible. Yeah, it's been a wacky year uh, in various different terms. Uh, it's not a homecoming weekend, so home teams might yeah, be so, safe. So home teams <laughs> have a chance. Uh, and then finish it off, Mountain Crest hosting Bear River on Friday. Um, and, and again, this is you know, these are opportunities to to move up and to be in better positions for for uh, playoffs and and for pride. Because look, Mountain Crest is at uh, number seven uh, in the uh, latest RPI poll. Bear River is at number twelve, but. Uh, the Bears have shown flashes that they, you know, can have some offense and some defense. They just haven't been able to connect all the dots together in the course of a full game. Mountain Crest has struggled a little bit to score points. They're not a high-scoring team, so th- this could be a really interesting outcome on Friday night in Hiram. Yeah, Mountain Crest has one of the better defense in terms of points allowed. I think they're in the top three. I was just kind of eyeballing the points allowed, and it looked like they were in the top two or three. Um, but despite having that, you know, great defense in terms of points allowed, they have a negative point differential. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of tells you about their offense. Yeah, it's not moving in the right direction. And like forty of those points came against Logan. So, <laughs> uh, so that's that's the lineup. So that Mountain Crest versus Bear River game. A couple different ways to follow that one. We'll have it on one zero seven seven. KLZX with Jake Ellis and John Olson on the call. Uh, video streaming on CashValleyDaily.com. And for our Bear River fans, it will be on 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County. And uh, a video streaming on Cash Valley Daily as well and with Clint Payne and Jardine Nesson on the call on Friday night. It's an opportunity for Bear River fans to watch that game uh, away from home and uh, uh, keep an eye on what's going on with the Bears with an opportunity to uh, to potentially move up in the standings and play a little bit of a spoiler on their last region game. Now, for this should be also noted, for Skyview, this is their last game of the regular season. They do not have a game next week, as most other teams will play on that Wednesday before fall break, which used to be UEA weekend. Skyview is the only team that has not opted to schedule a game that day, so it's an interesting risk to see how it plays out and affects their RPI. Yeah. I don't know if they'll jump or fall too much, but yeah, you do risk falling. Right. There is that that opportunity because when you look at who who's playing on that Wednesday, like Bear River is hosting Salem. Uh, Green Canyon's going on the road to Viewmont. Logan's going to Cottonwood. Red's Line's at Box Elder. And then Mountain Crest hosting Maple Mountain. So most of the cases, these are teams in higher divisions that uh, there's a risk there. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> it's so, like I said, it's, it's a risk. And it, it's the RPI is just so finicky at times. Computer rankings are completely unpredictable. You just never know. 
if you try and game the system, you end up getting gamed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so let's do this. Let's let's call out now for the Skyview football bread and butter play of the game. This was from this the Skyview game over the weekend, and and uh, there was a, a play that was identified by John Newbold and Rex Davis. And then they highlighted again at the end in their game against Mountain Crest. But uh, there's a specific play they had in mind, which they call the bread and butter play of the game. If you recall what it was. And if you can call in and correctly identify it, we'll give you four loaves of bread to the old grist mill. So 435-752-1069, if you can remember what that play was, and to correctly identify it, we'll give it to you. Uh, You can't uh, have won within the last 30 days just to give other people opportunities to win. So we've got some people calling in right now, see if they can get it right. I was just trying to. I was trying to remember. Uh, I got the email. I was tagged in it, but I didn't read it to see what the play was. I was actually going to guess, and I was actually wrong. The play I thought was going to be the bread and butter play of the game was not it. It's a different one. So, but we'll see. I already got some people calling in. Um, we didn't run into any material, so I guess. Yeah, as far as high schools going, I, I'm. Curious to see, like, what if any of the Region 11 teams can do something in the playoffs. And if you want to text in, and like, like, which teams do you think have a best chance to make a real run? Because Skyview right now has a lot of momentum, Ridgeline kind of does, but it just feels like Region 11's weaker than normal. And maybe I'm, you know, being a little too pessimistic since. We, you know, for the first time in a couple of years, don't have one of those like 10 and 0 teams. But I'm just kind of thinking, like, do Ridgeline and Skyview have a real chance at making a run in the playoffs where it, it feels like Region 11 is weaker, but like, could they make a run even though we don't have that like one dominant team? Yeah, it's a fair question. And you know, looking at the, you know, what's, what's going on down on Region 10. Um, you know that's you know, they they have the top couple of teams in the region Crimson Cliffs seven and one. I mean they are they are a solid football team, but beyond that, it's a mixed bag really. Yeah. So Snow Canyon has you know struggled earlier in the year. They've played better when they've gotten into region play, but beyond it, it there's it's really not. Honestly, not a great strong season of football in in the 4A classification. Yeah, so you wonder if Crimson Cliffs is just going to cruise to to the championship. I almost pulled off the alliteration. <laughs> almost. But it, I mean if somebody knocks off Crimson Cliffs, then you know, what can happen at that point? Cuz yeah, at that point, every team at this point aside from Crimson Cliffs has at least 3 losses. You know, and Ridgeland's one of those. They're five and three. Obviously, Skyview's four and four. And again, if Skyview goes in with momentum, if they win the last two games, or no, sorry, just yeah, the last game of the season, they'll go five and four. They'll have won four games in a row going into the playoffs. Is that enough momentum to spark one of those, you know, runs? So if the playoffs started today, Crimson Cliffs would get a first round bye. And they would face the winner of uh, what Logan Grizzlies and 
Oh, no, I lost it. Uh, it's some other team from Region 10 who's the number eight team. Cedar. Uh, Cedar. So I'd like Logan's chances. Yeah, Logan can Logan can definitely win a first-round game. You know, con- considering the way the playoffs are set up, they'll be facing someone similar to their seeding. Um, and as long as the, the matchup is right, like I said, facing those spread teams, they get murdered by spread teams. If it's an option team, I like their chances because they shut down two option teams that were, you know, 4A or 3A level. And they don't have to face a 5A team in the playoffs. No. So, you know, they should be good as long as they're not facing a spreaded out offense. Um, so there's, you know, Logan's chances in the first round could very much be um, matchup based. So, uh, if the again, if the playoff started today, Ridgeline would get a first round bye. And then they would face the winner of number six, which is Skyview, versus number 11, uh, which is Hurricane. Hurricane. So start calling John Newbold Hurricane John Newbold. Hurricane Hurricane John Newbold. If he does a game down there. So (laughs) it it would likely be another Skyview Ridgeline rematch. That's and I know Ridgeline would love to have that game back. I'd l- I'd love to see that matchup. I like you know grudge match in the and playoffs. it would be in Millville again. Yeah, when it all matters most, obviously that you know losing that's going to cost them a region eleven title. But could they you know win the grudge match and get themselves to a state title? You know, but also Skyview knows. Hey, we went into their place and beat up on these guys before. Let's go do it again. Yeah, it wasn't a close game. It was a blow. No, was yeah, like, they handed it to them. It was like thirty to six or something like that. They caused turnovers. They couldn't stop the run game. Yeah, it was a dominating performance by Skyview. Skyview's done really well in the run games in several of these outings, and that's really what turned their season around. I mean, they haven't lost since then. Yeah, they've had a couple of good passing games, but you know, having having a balanced offense at times is probably really benefited them. So if they were to do that and they were to get past Ridgeline, the next opponent would likely be was that Snow Canyon? And uh, I couldn't really tell you enough about Snow Canyon other than they're playing better now than where they started the year. But it's very possible that Skyview could find themselves in the semifinals down in southern Utah. At SUU, yeah, it's very it's, it's possible. It just depends on you know. It, it, it's hard to match up these regions sometimes, but again, we we've seen Ridgeline and Skyview and all these these top region eleven teams. We've seen them mess up, and all it takes is one in the playoffs, and suddenly you're dealing with the entire. Is it, re, is it region twelve? That's the other one. Or is it region ten? Region ten. Okay. Can never remember. I think on the broadcast I said Region Twelve when talking about the other four A one. So my apologies to all the loyal KVNU listeners. <laughs> Who's Region Twelve? It used to be this region. Uh, that's true. And then it changed. I don't even know. Do you know why that happened? Did they get uh, rid of a region? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Changes every couple of years. Utah's not figured out a good way to, to do their classifications. And it used to be Region Five up here. Anyway. Uh, we had somebody calling to try to win the bread on that Skyview bread and butter play, but they they talked about an interesting you know, big play, but it wasn't the one that John and Rex identified as the bread and butter play of the game. So yeah, might have been the one I was thinking of. 
So I still have some bread to give away if you can correctly identify it. I'm, I mean, if you want a hint, you could always go pull up the replay on Cash Valley Daily. You really <laughs> want it that bad. Uh, but uh, if give nobody us a call. call. If nobody calls in and wins it, that means Justin Welker gets the <laughs> bread. And- Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. If you can correctly identify the bread and butter play of the game from the Skyview football game on Friday night. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Hey, Aggie fans. Looking for the best burger in town? Bring the family to Prodigy Brewing and try out our signature Prodigy Supreme Burger or a wood-fired pizza. Need a smaller plate for the kids? Our kids' menu has you covered. Whether you are out with the family or just want to catch the Aggies game with friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. For more than a decade, Integrity Home Health and Hospice has been changing patient lives, outcomes, futures, and now we're changing our name. Integrity is now proud to be called Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S. At Aegis, we're dedicated to compassion, character, and trust. We will ensure you experience the difference as we meet your home health and hospice needs. I'm Melissa Fieser. Our team promises to go above and beyond with compassion and care. Call us today, 435-723-9000, or find us online at myages.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine to call in and correctly identify the bread and butter play of the game. Not the game, not the play that the caller thought. That was the play you initially thought of. Yeah. But that's not the one that uh, Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis identified for the Skyview Bobcats on Friday night. I think you mean Hurricane John Newbold. <laughs> yes. He lives in Utah, therefore he is Hurricane. Uh, it's yes. the bread and butter play of the game, not as uh, 5338 suggests. How about the steak and lobster play of the game? <laughs> Do we have more phone calls if we're giving away a steak and lobster every <laughs> every Monday? We we might. I don't know. I hear that old grist mill bread is pretty dang good though, but it probably doesn't beat a steak and lobster. <laughs> yeah, probably not. At least not done well. <laughs> uh, let's see a couple texts that we didn't get to um, from last hour. Uh, trying to make sure I get the right ones. I think eight oh eight four was because we read. 
Five, Did eight, we read seven, two nine four sevens? I can't remember if I read two nine four sevens. I don't think we did. All right, we'll start with that one. The BYU game was awesome. Why? Because we showed life and looked like a football team. The future is now bright. Imagine how much better Lega can be now that he has a shot and will be developing. Yeah, I want to see him develop as a passer. I think in the run game, he'll probably be a little more efficient. He was actually not very efficient at all against BYU. Even when I cut out the the short yardage plays, they were like designed to be short yardage plays. He still only averaged like 3.6 per carry. I don't think he got sacked at all, so I don't think... I don't remember taking adjusting for sacks. But I think it's better teams. He might have a few more explosive runs. Um, but, again, it's it's really – I want to see him pass the ball really well. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I, I mean, 3.6 per carry, That I'm I'm actually pleased with that out of your quarterback who's just helping to move the chains and yeah. keep the drive alive. He doesn't need to be the leading running back. But the biggest thing for me is him developing the passing game, just like you've said, too. Yeah. Uh, 8084, someone needs to tell Anthony Tucker that it's okay to throw the ball on third down. So I when I saw this text come in, I went and did the math on uh, runs versus passes on third down against BYU. Split 50-50. Nine passes, nine runs. And so this is one of the things where I have my, you know, you can say I have my issues with some of the things Tucker's done. I've... You know, I obviously openly questioned the overly conservative play to start the season. Was really frustrated with it, but I've not. I don't. Know, I feel like he's taking a little too much heat. Fans, you know, when when there's issues, everyone always goes to, "Oh, the play calling sucks." Well, when I went back and I reviewed, it's like the play calling. Again, there's things I disagreed with. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, I thought that you know Cooper Lagarde didn't throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage from like. The second play of Utah State's first drive in the in the second half until like early in the fourth quarter or something like that. There was a long stretch of time where Lagarde didn't throw a pass beyond the line of scrimmage. I kind of had a problem with that. Um, but other than that, I wasn't too torn up about it because his game plan had some merit. Ball control, you know, throw good timely passes run the ball really effectively, keep the ball out of BYU's hands. It was a great game plan in the first half, and they just didn't execute it in the second half. And I know some people, they got on, you know, using Lega in the short yardage situations. And again, that's kind of a mixed bag where, you know, some of the plays where Lega didn't get it, it was execution-based, not play call-based. You know, Cole Motes misses a block pretty badly, and there was another one where I think Chandler Dolphin missed a block. Not as badly, but it was still the same impact. Or, And on that play, I think Lagarde just made the wrong read himself. And so there's there's some things where I think like Tucker's getting too much of a bad rap. Um, he I'm not giving him a pass for what's going on with the offense. True. But I think people are too quick to pile on. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I, I think that um, there are some personnel things going on. That you know, no matter what play you you call from the booth, the personnel aren't going to block right and execute right. You're gonna you're gonna look bad, but they're the ones that aren't executing the play. Players make plays. Yeah. If I think there's one criticism you can make, probably with the BYU game, is maybe not responding to a 
or not adjusting right. But again, if you're saying he's not adjusting, sometimes you have to figure out, okay, what adjustments didn't he make? And it'll be why you made an adjustment with their defense. Instead of having like a 4-2 look, they went with like a 3-3 look. I'm actually not sure how much that changed things. I didn't look too deeply into how how that affected things, but BYU did a lot better stopping the run in the second half than did in the first, so maybe something went well with that. And it was interesting listening to Byron Vaughn's after the game talk about how the their BYU offense adjusted as well. Yeah. They something ca- that they weren't prepared for or hadn't seen. Yeah, they came up with plays that Utah State hadn't seen, but Utah State kind of did the same thing in the first half where there was a look like Utah State's first play of the game they motion the running back out of the backfield, and Cooper LeGowan's a QB draw. When has Utah State done that before this season? And BYU wasn't ready for it. And there were some other plays. And again, I, I'm, I'm pulling things from my Monday cooldown, all the plays I'm showing off in that one. But there were things Utah State did they hadn't done before, and it caught BYU off guard. And if Utah's able to, Utah State's able to keep doing that, throw in new wrinkles, do new things, both in the pass game and the run game, that's where you can start moving this off, continue moving this offense forward. Uh, more on that. Got some more text coming through. But before we do that, need to pause because we had somebody call in and correctly identify the bread and butter play of the game. Dang it. I mean, good job. Jordan Lindsay correctly identified the play which happened. Now, we had a couple that were thinking it was a play right before halftime, and that's not the play they identified. The uh, Hurricane John Newbold and Rex Davis set, chose the first touchdown for Skyview. It was a 28-yard touchdown catch by Garrett Zamel. I don't know if I pronounced that right, from Carson Thatcher. Uh, it was in the first quarter, about a minute 48 to go, and that tied the game, and uh, they identified that one as their bread-and-butter play of the game. Yeah, the uh, that was the one touchdown not scored by their running back, uh, Brevin Egbert, I think is how you say it, who was one of the nominees for Player of the Week this week. Mm. And the announcement should be coming out soon. Uh, 435-339-0321. If you want to text in on the high school football weekend that was, college football weekend that was, the NFL, uh, more on the Aggie game as well, 5879 texting in. Uh, I thought BYU would move down in the rankings after beating us. They moved up. What does that say about our team? Well, it says that BYU won another football game. <laughs> Stunning analysis. <laughs> therefore, um, other teams around them maybe didn't perform as well, so they moved up. Yeah, when you're getting into the rankings, especially once you get beyond like 20 to 25, sometimes it can be a lot more about, or heck, even when you're in 20 to 25, it's more about who loses in front of you than it is how well you did in your game. Now, you can sometimes fall back, i.e. Georgia falling back to number two after barely beating Missouri. Um, And then Alabama fell back to number two after barely beating Texas. So that can be a thing that happened when teams are kind of close. Now, uh, BYU jumped three spots in the AP. Wasn't Texas A&M like 17 and lost? And uh, they jumped four spots in the coaches. Yeah. I think there were some teams in front of them that lost. That's probably the main thing. Well, so TCU, UCLA, and Kansas were not ranked. And now they're 17th, 18th, and 19th, respectively. Kansas State was 25th. They jumped up to 20th. Uh, And then Syracuse, Mississippi State, Cincinnati, and LSU jumped into the rankings, who were previously unranked. So there were a lot of teams around BYU who lost. So 
it's more about other teams losing than them beating the Aggies. Yeah, because because th- Baylor lost, A and M lost. I mean, there were a lot of teams who lost over the weekend who yeah. were ranked in that sixteen, seventeen to twenty-five range. Yeah, because the thing with the AP rankings is it's never about trying to just analyze an entire season worth and then rank. It's always, what did you do your last game? Like, that's just how it is. Like, it always bugged me, like, hey, you get to the national title game and the one and two teams play, number two loses to number one, exactly what you think should happen, and then number two falls to, like, number five. Why? Yeah, I mean, Wake Forest jumped seven spots. Kentucky dropped six. I mean, there was a lot of movement in the uh, back half of the top 25 this week. And this is why I've always, I was always liking, you know, the way the BCS and now the college football playoff, their rankings don't come out until like week eight or something like that, or week six. Like I think the first college football rankings are going to come out in a week or two. They wait. Yes, deservedly so. And Let's really see what these teams are yeah. about. And I'm not opposed to having a preseason ranking, but there, there's a role for that. But it always ended up just being such BS. Like I said, Texas has been in every preseason poll for the last 800 years. <laughs> How many times did they end it? I'm going to look that up now. How many times Texas is in the preseason? <laughs> While you do that, we'll take another time out here on the Full Court Press. Let's continue to get your texts into your reactions. 435-752-1069 if you want to call in. Or 435-339-0321 if you want to text into the program. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m. Visit the elementsrestaurant.com for reservations today. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year and cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12 and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. 
Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. Uh, let's, let's shift gears to the NFL for just a moment. And um, certainly started off with a lot of controversy Thursday in the Miami game with Tua. Um, whether he should have even been in that game to begin with was controversial. But um, there were, <coughs> excuse me, there were a, a number of games that you know kind of kind of stand out. I mean, look at you know, the, the Seahawks and the Lions in a shootout. And there was a, a Utah State connection in that game and didn't really help himself because um, Dominic Eberle got in for the. Uh, for the yeah, Lions. Yeah, for the Lions. So he was the, the Lions' normal kicker was injured. Everly comes in. He went like two of four on PATs. Um, I can't remember how many field goals he kicked. I think he might have been perfect on field goals. Oh, he only kicked one field goal. So he kicked one field goal. It was like a 49-yarder. And he missed two PATs, which are like 28-ish yard field goals, I think. Something like that. High 20s, low 30s. I can't remember where they where they end up spotting the ball. So uh, they lose by uh, three. So those PATs <laughs> almost mattered. Would have helped, but yeah, um, they ended up going for two on one. Um, of course, that was back when the game was like in the twenties. Of course, the lions were trying to get down by like just eight. They weren't going for two because they thought he was going to miss it. <laughs> but the thing is, unfortunately now, and, and I've talked about this before, we're talking about like Eberly getting a chance. Well, you get one chance and you don't do well, that can be the end. And the kickers, they're having kicker tryouts this week. So that may be it. You know, you miss a field goal, that's one thing. You miss a PAT, that's another. You miss two PATs, that might be a career killer. So it's it's really rough seeing that happen where Everly didn't miss a PAT in college. Granted, they're a little longer in the NFL. Yeah, but he made a 49-yard field goal. Yeah, I don't, that's what's bizarre. And you know, I, I don't know. This this is a guy who was a very accurate kicker, and he missed one left, and he missed one right. Ah, it's too bad. Uh, f- you know, there was uh, Rashad Penny in that game. Former San Diego State running back did well for the Seahawks. Uh, Bobby Wagner will certainly have an opportunity to have an effect tonight. Monday Night Football and the Rams are at the 49ers. Um, but um, I, I don't know. Any other any other games really stand out to you um, for the NFL weekend? Uh, Patriots going to overtime with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. <laughs> they get down to their third stringer. took Aaron Rodgers to OT. That caught me off guard. Um, the Jaguars got off to a really hot start against the Eagles. And then four lost <laughs> four fumbles, fumbles. <laughs> later. Uh, Jalen Hurts able to come back. So um, the Eagles looking good. The Jaguars looking good as well. Granted, they're only two and two, but they've you know they've had some impressive moments. Yeah, they have. That's one of the surprise teams yeah. of the NFL so far this year, I think. And I know one of the things everyone talked about this offseason was, all right, who's the next Bengals? I know Dan Patrick like every day in the offseason, like, all right, who's the next Bengals? And you try and guess and. The answer to that question usually is there isn't a next Bengals. 
because that only happens like once every five years. But the Jaguars, maybe. Uh, big win for the Bills over the Ravens. Ravens uh, are not clutch. No, they're struggling in the second half. Uh, it, the 13 points by the Bills, none from the Ravens in the second half. Yeah. Ravens who gave up like 28 or 28 points to the Dolphins in like the fourth quarter. Lost in regulation after being up by like four touchdowns. Uh, Raiders getting their first win of the season, beating the Broncos. <laughs> Broncos in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, the Broncos and Raiders are big disappointments. Raiders being the last winless team in the NFL, and the Broncos being like the worst two and two team I've ever seen in my life. And then I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get that either. Raiders are supposed to be better. Um, the Broncos too, with uh, Russell Wilson and on some experienced wide receivers around him. That was supposed to be a better team than now. Uh, and then how about the shootout? In uh, Tampa with the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, only, f- what was it, only five rushing plays from Tampa Bay? Yeah, they... All all game? Anthony Tucker probably had a seizure watching that game. Oh my gosh, <laughs> abandoning the run! How could you? How can you not have at least 30 rushing attempts in a game? That happens every now and again in a Tom Brady game where he just throws like 60 passes. That's true. He These... There's been a what was it? I saw some stat that, that uh, there's been like three or four games in the last 20 years where there's been single digit rushing attempts, and Tom Brady was a quarterback for like three or four of those games. It's not like Drew Bledsoe and his like 70 pass attempts, and he holds the record for most passing attempts in a game. And I think it's 70. God, that's amazing. He's also with the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, that was pre Bill Belichick. Or well. I think it was pre-Bill Belichick. I think that was Parcells. Because it was like his second year, Drew Bledsoe's career, he threw 70 passes in a game. Wow. Uh, so if you want to weigh in, any other uh, games that stood out to you or surprised you from the NFL weekend, 435-339-0321. A couple texts coming in talking about clutch and talking about kickers. Uh, 5879, BYU's kicker, LOL. Yeah, he's having some issues. And he, he used to be pretty solid, I thought. But I don't know how he's really struggled year. this year. Might look up his, uh, if I can spell his name correctly. While you do that, 4781. I'm a Broncos fan, and man, do we need it to get rid of Hackett. He just can't hack it. Uh, coaching controversy in Denver. 9938. Is the kicker the most highly scrutinized position in the NFL? Not many mistakes are allowed before you are dropped. I think it's just because kickers have just gotten so dang good in the NFL. Like 50 yarders, you're expecting them to make it. You do a 50 yarder in college, and I'm like, holy cow, is he going to reach the goalposts? And of course, uh, Connor Coles, he had like a 50, 51 yarder, and his probably would have been good from like 57. Just booted that thing through the uprights. It is. I don't know. Is it the most highly scrutinized position in the NFL? I think the quarterback <laughs> position the quarterback. is the most highly scrutinized. Yeah. But the, the the position with the shortest leash maybe is more accurate. Yeah. And, well, it may also be maybe just a different way of wording 9938's point is that the peaks and valleys 
are probably the high, you know, high the high to low is the most dramatic. Where do you go from being hero to zero really fast? Mm, yeah. And all it takes is one play with a quarterback, you know, it takes entire games. But kickers, you know, when your snap count is usually in the single digits as a kicker and your impact is as high as the kicker, you know, again, the peaks and valleys are very far apart. Right. And, and yeah, somebody who sits on the sidelines and doesn't do a heck of a whole lot and is called on in the most critical time of a game sometimes, that, that's that's really high pressure and you better perform and you have no rhythm. Like a lot of these other players, they're out there, they're in rhythm, they know the sense of the game. The kicker's on the sideline checking his Instagram. I don't know what he's doing, but he's not. He's kicking into the net. Yeah, kicking into the net. It's very different. So speaking of BYU's kicker, we brought him up. So Jake Oldroyd, last year he was 9 of 13. A nice 69% on field goals. Oh, it's not great. It's not many field goals, actually, to be honest. I wonder if they used multiple kickers because Utah State attempted like 29 field goals. Granted, Oldroyd attempted 43 extra points. He missed one of them. So I, I guess BYU just scored touchdowns and didn't kick field goals. <laughs> yeah, th- this year he's 5 of 10 on field goals. Trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, 6804. Speaking of not clutch, my Browns should be 5 and 0. Yeah, I have issues with the Browns now. 13 fourth quarter points against the Falcons that they give up and end up losing by three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. The, honestly, the Browns are kind of lucky to be 2 and 2 because they're starting Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> the ultimate stopgap at quarter. Actually, the ultimate stopgap was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jacoby well, Brissett's trying to be the new Ryan Fitzpatrick, where he just goes true. everywhere and is a starter. It's like, always the backup, and then like, the starter gets hurt, and then yeah. he gets pressed into starter minutes. The number of starts Jacoby Brissett has, I think, is startling. Like If I looked at it, I'd be like, how has he started that many games for a guy who's like a fourth-round draft pick? I think Actually, maybe he was a third-round draft pick. Uh, but how about those uh, the Minnesota Vikings? They're three and one. Beat the Saints. Yeah, I was talking about you know they beat the Packers in Week One. Their their team that could end up chasing that uh, NFC North crown could take it away from the Packers if the Packers continue to struggle. I mean, again, the Patriots and their third string quarterback took Aaron Rodgers to overtime at Lambeau Field. So the Packers they're getting wins. I think they're what three and one. They're three and one. So they're getting wins. Like, how long can they keep getting these wins when they're struggling so hard to get some of them? Yeah, it's only a six-point uh, differential in points scored and points allowed. Yeah, and maybe it works throughout the whole regular season. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, a really special trump card. They're always going to have. You know, that's part of why I picked the Chiefs to win the AFC is because I think they have, you know, the best, at least playoff quarterback. Uh, Philadelphia, the only team that's still undefeated in the NFL. Jacoby Brissett has started 41 games in his career. (laughs) (laughs) Way more than I would have guessed. Yeah, like I said, it's way more than you think. I need to find out, like, how many players he has more starts than and just, like, blow people's minds. Uh, More on that. I'd love to continue to get your reactions to the NFL. 
Uh, we got more texts that are coming through. We'll get to those coming up on the other side of this timeout here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You lead a busy life. When do you have time to get your vehicle serviced? Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan can help. They're now open on Sundays to better serve you. If life is too hectic during the weekdays and Saturday is crazy like normal, go see them on Sunday. Get your oil changed and they'll also check other fluids and recharge your AC. Stay in your car while their trained pros service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Open seven days a week across from Angie's. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Men, are accepted. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician. Contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? Exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mountain West Motor had a big party, had a lot of fun running up to Providence Canyon, up to the quarry over the weekend, grilling up hot dogs and burgers. A lot of people with their SUVs and four-wheel drive vehicles. Go check out what they have on their lot to find your next adventure. 615 North Main in Logan or check them out mwmotor.com. If you're like me and you don't have an off-road or four-wheel four-wheel vehicle. <laughs> a vehicle with four, I do have a vehicle with four wheels. Does not have four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive. Yes. I don't know. My four wheels moved. Does that count as driving? <laughs> All four wheels move when I drive. Uh, a couple of texts coming through, 5879. Can you guys make a media request to USU to just keep going with the Merlin Olsen jerseys? And I can request it. They won't listen to it. <laughs> they look good. The road jerseys look good. Yeah. 
They've done pretty well with their jerseys. As long as they don't go with the all pewters or just anything. Any anytime when they have the the top is pewter, just don't do that. So I wouldn't. I mean, we talk about BYU in the context of when Aggies are playing them. Normally, we don't talk about what's going on down there. But I do have to say, they did a jersey reveal today that was crazy for their game against Notre Dame in Las Vegas. It was they used magic. It was crazy. It was nuts. Were the jerseys good? Because jerseys know. looked really sharp. It's like royal blue going into black. Problem is, royal blue and black do not mix. You got to see the reveal. It looks pretty cool. I'm skeptical. Wow. Six eight zero four. Uh, we're talking about the Browns. It said earlier, the text says, "Speaking of not clutch, my Browns should be five and zero, but were the Browns so?" Okay. Uh, thank you. Six eight zero four. Uh, four seven eight one. Uh, let's see. The Browns should be zero and five. Toilet bowl. Not a lot of love for the Browns. We've talked more about the Cleveland Browns this hour than then we the entirety of the last six months. Now wow. look, Cleveland's two and two, but I mean that whole AFC North, I mean, is a all kind of a jumbled bag. Cincinnati's two and two, Baltimore's two and two. I mean, Pittsburgh's one and three. They've got some controversy going on with their quarterback situation, but um that AFC North is just a mixed bag. It's really anybody's for the taking still. So I'm, I'm looking at the BYU jersey reveal, which the jerseys are as iffy as I expected, maybe slightly better. The helmets, though, I will give them that the helmets are a lot better than they usually do. Yeah, I think I was more focused on the helmet. Yeah, the helmet the helmet works more than it deserves to be able to work. But the jersey, like, BYU needs to stop it with the black jerseys. Like I said, royal blue and black do not mix. Cut it out. You look stupid. <laughs> Like everyone laughs at you, seriously. The blackout jerseys it. haven't exactly worked for the Aggies. I hope they don't. Bring and those they back. should stop. Yeah. People need to understand blackout is only cool if black works with your school colors. Teams with like blue don't. Like, what if Wyoming came out with a blackout jersey? It would look dumb unless they focused like with their yellow. That would, that could maybe work. But if they did the, like black and brown, no. Stop it. <laughs> Get some help. Well, there's a lot of yellow on the field with uh, Wyoming and San Jose State over the weekend. <laughs> enough to give your oh. eyes a seizure. Ugh. It was so gross. Yeah, anyway, you're talking about the AFC North? <laughs> the Browns and all that? The Ravens uh, not being clutch? Pittsburgh going with Kenny Pickett? Heard controversy some, there, yeah. Heard somebody call him Kenny Two Gloves. Now I can't get that in my head. <laughs> Kenny Two Gloves? Ah. Uh. So tonight in the NFL, uh, Monday Night Football, it's uh, kind of an emerging rivalry. We, we've talked about rivalries before, but the Rams and the 49ers is, has been a developing rivalry in the NFL. Um, could be an interesting one. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the uh, the Rams, no, San Francisco is favored by two. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, actually a little surprised by that. NFL spreads are conservative. They're They're never what you expect them to be. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, though. Remember to go check out our podcast feed. A lot of bonus audio there and interviews. Go check it out. 